Good afternoon from Bill Snyder Family Stadium in Manhattan, Kansas. The scene I'll say for you, Brian, you of a brutal crime over the last three days. Or over the last three hours, I should say. The Missouri Tigers, 40-12 losers to the Kansas State Wildcats. I might say Alabama 40 to 6 Alabama, around the show. And you got Ohio State, State on the last play of the game after the top tier of the Atlanta Braves. And you've got the Atlanta Braves on the last play of the game after the top tier at the moment in terms of the national championship on Georgia. We're going to start this show. Gabe Diarman here, by the way. Ohio State did what they had to do against Arkansas State. Alabama does go on the road against a Big 12 for the big name. But so first, they, they struggle here. We're going and I'm to serious. That, um, what do you, I mean, what do you think the pollsters are going to do when those rankings and, come uh, out? They're going to days. do so Will even after losses. 573Ts.com to shop online. Downtown Columbia in Alley A to do it in person. They can do custom orders as little as, as one shirt if you, you want a shirt made. But what they really like is to do, do your bulk orders. If you've got a bunch of T-shirts, get in touch with those guys. They can do it. Uh, they, they've made a bunch of stuff for me. Um, and it, Great customer service, great company, 573Ts.com. They're going to present the post-game show for you guys all year long, win or lose. The other positive, Harrison Mevis plays for Missouri. Gerard, you got anything else? I second that. <laughs> so uh, so well done, thicker kicker. Um, Harrison Mevis, two field goals, uh, relatively long ones, and that was good. Um that was it, man. I, I mean, Gerard, I don't know. Our job is to find words, right? We're going to find some words to describe what a beating this was, but I don't think they will do them justice. Other than Brady Cook with a couple of decent runs on the opening possession, Missouri legitimately did nothing well today. Uh, the, the defense, yeah, they showed some heart, but I mean, let's be honest. Those first two K-State drives weren't very pretty, and it was 14-3. The offense was an absolute train wreck in the special teams. Uh, Chris Abrams' drain needs to start catching punts, and Missouri needs to tackle punt returners on the other side. Does that about cover it? That's that's about it. Yeah, it, there was nothing. I mean, besides Mevis to hang your hat on if you're if you're a Missouri Tiger or a Tigers fan. Just from and, and Drinkwitz admitted to this in the press conference. From coaching to every position group on the field, they they just got their tails handed to them. Yeah, and I, I mean, the simple fact of the matter is we talked a lot in this offseason. Hey, six and six, like you can live with that, but it's about how they play too. Like we need to see progress. And the number one thing we need to see is no more Tennessees from last year. No more. This game is over. And this team <laughs> he never didn't compete. Happy. And this game was over All right, early. Brian, thanks a lot for your time. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, uh, exactly what you said. They were they've got a progress was getting to seven and five and not having any more Tennessee type blowouts. not having any more Texas A and M type blowouts where it was decided. Even though it's fourteen and three, when it went into the the rain delay, it was still you kind of felt like man, they they need a spark or something. But you knew it kind of felt far away from getting that spark. So it felt like by that rain delay with seven forty four left in the second quarter that this game was. Still largely over already. Conference rivals in 11 seasons. The I mean, look, we've got to start with the offense, right? The offense was 24 carries, it was 145 yards, and two touchdowns. 
Mizzou manages to target and let's just start here because Tosky Dove alluded to it in the postgame press conference. He said they weren't aggressive early and didn't see a lot of shots downfield and all that. And I want to be clear. Tosky was in a tough position. I don't think he was calling out his anything like that. Coming up next Saturday. So we'll be with you once again with the arrival last Tiger tailgate coming up at 9 a.m. I'm not going to try to convince anybody that Eli Drinkwitz cleared the game. 12 Kansas State but over Mizzou today in Manhattan. When we you appreciate you listening. Have and a you great rest pass. of your weekend. And this has been the Rapid walk. Show on the Central Bank Tiger what Network from Learfield. And, and I think the last one's the biggest thing. To me, the biggest issue here is the offensive line. Appreciate you, See you Monday. Bye. The offensive line is it's, it's horrendous. We just call it like I see it. I mean, they, they couldn't – you can't get the run game started. They can't go north and south. So, they like, there's no holes to run through. They alluded to that last week that the running backs were doing most of the leg work when, to get those 330 yards. They can't go east and west because it just seems like they don't have the guys to, to be fast enough to do that on top of not having any blocking. So, you can't set up the run game. You can't set up the pass game. So, you can't set up play action. You can't set up nothing. So, it just kind of stacks its way up. And, look, this is the danger – like, people got legitimately mad last week when, when everybody was saying, I don't know if we learned anything, because I think Louisiana Tech might be bad. And people said, well, maybe Missouri's just really good. Maybe. I think today shows, eh, no, Louisiana Tech was pretty bad. Because, like, look, we said it coming off last week. That offensive line, I got questions about it. I know they ran for 320 yards, but that, that masked some things. Um, it wasn't even Felix today. Felix, I don't think like he played a lot. I mean, uh, it, it, as as somebody else in the press box said, Connor Wood is going to have nightmares about the Kansas State nose tackle. Xavier Delgado got hurt at some point, uh, came back in but couldn't go. I mean, I feel like right now, Missouri, there's five positions on the offensive line, and Missouri has a replacement-level SEC player or better. I think at one of them. Is that too harsh? No. That and for y'all don't know is, is Javon Foster and the right. sack he gave up the sack that Felix got was on Foster. Um, I think that it hit that Brady where he looked like he hurt his shoulder the end of the half. I think that was coming from the left side. I want to say I gotta look it back, but I feel like it was coming from the left side. It could have been, but he was he was getting banged up. The the pocket was collapsing and we was you know in that article I posted about Felix. You know that I was thinking that. Missouri was going to feel more confident confident when he was lined up over Foster. I didn't really see him too much over uh, Zeke Powell, but it didn't matter. He didn't need to. And then the same thing how you said Felix didn't seem like he wrecked the game. Same thing with Deuce Vaughn. He had 145 yards rushing, I believe, and a couple touchdowns, and it seemed comfortable. It didn't seem like he had to work or earn it or, earn it or that they lost to him. He just got it as the game went along when he wanted to get it, it felt like. And I should say, we got a couple hundred people on here. Really appreciate it. Well, I see your comments and your questions building up, and we are going to get to that. But we always like to just kind of start with just a little unfiltered, hey, let's talk about the game. Okay, so we've talked about play calling. We've talked about the line. Now let's talk about quarterback. So before we really get into it, here's what Eli Drinkwood said after the game. He said he put Jack Abraham in because he felt like Brady Cook was getting beat up, taking some hits, and he wanted to see if maybe Jack Abraham saw something a little bit different. Jack Abraham threw two interceptions on two passes. They put Cook back in because obviously, you know, I mean, Drinkwood said tough day for tough position to put Jack in, but he also didn't play well. So they went back to Cook. He was he said Brady Cook is our starting quarterback. He was asked if he considered putting Sam Horn in the game. He said no. Gerard just instant reaction to that. Well, <laughs> to kind of pull those things, you know, just go any direction. 
one. Well, when we noticed, what was it like? It was, what, two minutes left in the third quarter when Jack Abraham came in, and the first thing we're thinking is, like, it's kind of a little early for Abraham to be in. I mean, I don't know. It would have changed too much of the outcome, but it, it just felt like, ah, maybe if this was, like, seven minutes left in the fourth or something like this, but it felt early. But then, so we're thinking, is this possibly a QB controversy if he plays well? It took Jack Abraham, what, two passes, two drives, to, to kind of nullify all of that. Because for calling those drives is is a little. It weren't bit drives. There were plays. Two drives. Two plays. Yeah. yeah. Two <laughs> plays. Two plays. Back to back interceptions on them, and so he kind of nullified that real quick. But and Cook came back in, and I mean, it was a tough watch. It was a tough watch. I mean, first off, Cook was getting banged up out there, but even then, like, what is? I want to know what that does to us in a way. His confidence. Right. So, two questions. Would you have played Sam Horn at all today? And if not, when would you play Sam Horn? What needs to happen this season for you to play Sam Horn? What if I would I have played Sam? I can say I wouldn't have been mad if they played Sam Horn, but I wouldn't, considering the offensive line was getting abused. That's what it looked like. <laughs> they were getting yep. beat to the punch at everything. They couldn't get anything going. Um, there was. Last time I checked, uh, it was with nine tackles for loss. I mean, I can't see right now, but I'm sure it was much more than that. So they had that. They didn't get too many sacks, but it doesn't matter because they couldn't get anything going. So putting Sam Horn, your four-star, who already doesn't look ready to kind of handle that responsibility in this game, I don't know. That's not a good idea. When would I play him? I mean, I, he should get some time next week versus, you know, Abilene Christian. And then... I don't know. I can't really see past then. I gotta see. I gotta see what Cook and Abraham do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I would have played Sam Horn today. I understand all the reasons for not doing it. Um, if you put him out there, you could have set him back, wrecked his confidence, all that. Um, I would definitely play him next week. I would give him. I would hope that you were in the position to give Sam Horn the entire second half. And, you know what? Is that creating quarterback controversy? If he comes out and plays well, it might. Too bad. This team needs a quarterback controversy, maybe. And I, I want to be clear. I don't want to turn this into Bash Brady Cookout because there were a lot of problems on this team. Nobody was good today, at least not offensively. Brady Cook is part of that. He was not all of that. Um, but I feel like what today did is shut down the, the rainbows and unicorns, blind faith offseason approach of, well, Eli was just talking to every transfer quarterback that had two arms and two legs because he just wanted depth and insurance. No, that's gone. Today is why he was. He started this game, and he started. He did it all last week, and he started this game calling plays like he didn't believe in his quarterback. He didn't. And then his quarterbacks kind of showed you why maybe he didn't believe in him. Yep. And look – they clearly went looking for a starting quarterback, and they didn't find one. So that leads back to the Sam Horn discussion. I have said this since the summer. If Missouri starts 2-4, and four, because nothing about today tells me they win at Auburn. Nothing about today tells me they win at Florida. So if they are 2-4, and four, game 7, I go to Sam Horn. And the reason I do it is because it is his job to put asses in seats and make make people care about this program. And maybe if that kid is good, you can sell progress and hope for the future. I didn't see any progress today. And I'm be honest, 
I didn't see very much that makes me feel good about the immediate future. I see in a bit of regression. I mean, after last week's win, there was talk of, well, if they beat K-State, then instead of talking about can, can they get to 500, you know, is 8-4 and four a possibility? You know, can they win a couple swing games here and there? Can they, you know, if they beat K-State, then they're probably going to definitely beat Evelyn Christian, and they probably have a good chance to beat Auburn. You're probably riding high. You probably, you know, that's maybe more of a winnable game with the confidence you got. But even if not, you're 3-1 and one and you feel good. Right. I mean, 3-1 and one going into, was that Georgia, Georgia in Week 5? Yeah. So, but, yeah, having a, a good winning record over a, a team that, uh, in the Big 12, I guess, in a way, matches up. Like, you know how he's talking about this is kind of a facing someone who is about your size instead of being up, beating up on La Tech. But there is regression because at this point, now we're back at square one, which is, we're what, I guess, below step one because we were trying to get to seven and five. That's what the that's what the consensus was from people that can they get to seven and five. Now it's six and six again. That, in, in, in my opinion, it's six and six. Two seven and five more so than oh, it's seven and five. That's the I don't know. This team did not show like seven and five is the minimum. Nothing about today showed me. I mean, look, and I say this all the time. We took things can change, right? I mean, they could come out in two weeks and be a completely different team. I mean, you know, Texas pushed Alabama today. They may lose next week. Notre Dame just lost to Marshall a game after a, a game after pushing Ohio State in the horseshoe. So things change week to week so i am not writing off the season but after this effort today i you can't make an argument that i can see this team at seven wins i i mean i just i don't know how it happens unless today is a complete aberration and maybe it was um but man there is there is very this was the game that everybody put what we said all along ever been it's just us everybody said all off season you got two road games at k-state and auburn we need two things we need one win, and we can't have any blowouts. This was a demolition. I mean, Gerard, if the defense doesn't hold K-State to six points on three possessions that started inside the line, I mean, inside the 50-yard line, K-State hangs 50 on Missouri. 60, that's, a, that's, that's 60. That's yeah. 61 because, what is it, 40 to 12? And I remember. Points. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 58, that's, yeah. that's just as bad. And, like, I feel like the only way to offset this is now they they'd have to beat Abilene Christian. No, next week. Blow. I don't want to hear anybody say after next week they learned oh. anything or anything is better or it got. Oh next no, no, week no, does not count. No, I was just gonna say they would have to beat Abilene Christian. That's that's more important now than we were were thinking. And right. you can't overlook nobody because this whole they'll have it. But this whole week, everybody. You know, K-State, they were looking at this as a rivalry game. They were taking this serious. They were, you know, people saying they're trying to test out what they've got. Like, this is their litmus test. In a way, they kind of feel like they didn't get it because this, this they got anything they wanted. So now they have – so Missouri has to go to Abilene – or has to beat Abilene Christian at home. And then I would think they need to blow out Auburn or at least win – even if they win by 10, a convincing 10 where it doesn't look close for this to kind of in some way be offset. Hey, let's start with baby steps. Let's show up at Auburn. I mean, like, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be flippant, but seriously, just show up. You know, give yourself a shot. Um, you know, so uh, hey, this was, this was every bit as bad to me as Tennessee last year. And I do not want to take away any of the flowers from Kansas State. I, Kansas State played a solid game, but we were sitting next to some K State writers. Kansas State didn't really play that well in the second half. The only reason this wasn't 58-6 to six was that Kansas State 
kind of bumbled around and let Missouri hang hang within 20 for a lot of the second half. Um, I they're just I, I don't know if there's enough negativity to go around after this. And I don't want to wreck my post-game column, but, man, this is year three in the game you pointed to all year. This can't happen. It can't happen. And they have to fix it and fix it fast. I mean, the the, the, sil- days. Yeah. the silver lining to me is, I mean, we said Harrison Meavis you know, he, he's, the, he's the only one who is okay. But I think the defense – if you can hang around on anything positive, is that third quarter defense. Like three, four straight interceptions, three of those, they give up, what, six points on, on the first three interceptions. That fourth one where they got a touchdown, I don't blame that on them because you're gassed. You're, you're, you're one play offensive drives, you know, like you're just going out there and you're doing that inside your own 30. So the fact that they can hold them to six points, like – at first, you know, we were talking like, ah, this defense seems like last year. I don't, I wouldn't say that. It's not week one's defense, but it's not last year's defense. Yeah. Yeah, and do want to remind you guys, we're going to get to your questions and comments here in just a minute, but I uh, want to remind you guys that every week our, our show here after the game, and we are coming live to you from the press box in Manhattan, is uh, is going to be brought to you by 573Ts. They can do orders of one shirt. They can do orders of, I don't want to put a number on it, but like a lot of shirts. They have NIL deals and shirts that they produce for Missouri athletes. They have a Mizzou collection, a Como collection. Not sure the Eli Drinkwood shirts will be the hottest seller this week, but if you start to like them again next week, you know, you can buy those. Um, a lot of a lot of great stuff at 573Ts, and it truly it started as a one-man band. It is a small business. Guys, give them a look, and Give them a shot at your business. They're great guys. They've been great partners of ours, 573Ts.com, or if you're in Columbia down in Alley A, right between 9th and 10th Street, I encourage you to check them out and appreciate them being with us uh, this year on the post game show appreciate you guys being with us too and and i want to just uh we'll roll through as many of your questions and comments as we can i'm not going to promise we're going to get to everyone but but we'll hit the highlights uh jill ski says how do you not feed burden the ball today drink what's better have a good excuse burden might transfer blah blah, blah. and look i get why that's a, a concern it is sure I, i'm not going to tell you not to have that conversation today i will also say this the first pass of the day that was thrown to luther burden he dropped the second pass of the day that was thrown to Luther Burden could have been a 80-yard touchdown. touchdown. And look, I'm not going to say I've seen a replay that tells me definitively who that was on. It was not a perfect throw, right? Now, Brady Cook has to make that throw. It should have been in his hands, and, and Burden runs away, and it's a touchdown that maybe changes the game. My initial reaction on the replay was that there could have been a little more extension now again not a good pass i am not removing blame from the quarterback did you think that was on burden at all or was that all a bad throw first live i thought it was on cook but after seeing the replay you think not even extension burden i wouldn't say he slowed up but i know he can go faster than there was there he had it seemed like he had beat the corner or you know he beat the corner he had the inside leverage he should make the extension but it just seems like like, I don't know if there was a safety I mean, there leave or... Your feet, make a, I, he looked like he thought there was a safety there, but there was no safety there. And that's what happened on the on the drag route that happened where he dropped the pass. What was that, the first pass of the game? That looked very similar to the drag route pass he dropped last week that it resulted in an interception. Looking, turning before he has the ball in his hands, and it, it looked like the same on that play, and that could have definitely swung the momentum a different way. 
Yeah, and now all that said, look, yes, Missouri needs to get him the ball more. He did not come here to have four catches for 20 yards through two games. No question. And you got to know that the, the last play of the game after the penalty, they try to throw it to Burden the very last play. And it went in out, uh, you know, back of the, I don't know, does that, does that, that counts as a target? But, oh, that was a, a pass interference play or it whatever. So does that count? So it's not a play. No. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Just. But, I, I mean, point is, yes, he needs the ball more. Also, you know, I'm, I'm going to steal a phrase from Drinkwitz here. He said all August, this ain't happiness camp, right? This ain't participation awards. Yes, you need to get Luther Burden the ball more. It will probably help. But key number one is winning football games. And also, Hey, we talked in the offseason, or we talked leading up to the season. 50 catches for 700 yards would be a hell of a freshman season, and I think Missouri fans were setting expectations that were a little bit crazy. To get to 700 yards, he now has to average 68 yards a game the rest of the way. Um, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, HBCU Economist says, I think Cook was gun-shy and afraid early to force the ball in coverage. I think he has trouble seeing the field, and then he's inaccurate. I don't know if he has trouble seeing the field, but, Gerard, you and I, during the Louisiana Tech game, saw a number of times where we thought he threw that ball late. Like, he had a guy, and sometimes they still ended up being completed. But we were saying during that game, against a Power 5 defense, you're going to be too late there. There was one play in particular where they were down around the – 25-yard line, I think it was on Mevis' second field goal, where he had Dominic Lovett, and he waited about a second and a half to throw the ball, and then he didn't have Dominic Lovett anymore. I think there are times where part of being a starting quarterback on this level is learning that what you thought was open in high school or what you think is open in practice, maybe that's not what open is. In I mean, you've got these they have gushed about this wide receiving court. You've got to give them a chance to make a play. Even if you don't think they're fully open, you've got to give them a shot. He's gun shy and afraid to force ball. I mean, he just, there were some inaccuracies. I mean, we we say he's, he's an accurate quarterback. His thing is, but his thing has never been the deep ball. You keep it from zero to 20 yards, he's good at it. Uh, not only on the Lovett play, but he had Toski Dove. He threw it behind him on a, on a jump ball. He probably would have had because he had what four or five inches on the on the defensive back on, on one play that could have been a touchdown. On that interception he threw, where the corner kind of just kind of jumped up and got it. It looked like at first the wide receiver had the man beat. No, the corner kind of let him into it and then easily kind of baited the pass. Like it's either that or that first play of the second half where he overthrows Burden. I mean, it's either too much, too little, not in the, behind someone, he's waiting. I mean, there's a, a bunch of things or in instances where he sees someone, hesitates, and then holds the ball, and then he, now he's running for two yards and taking hits as if he's a running back. He's not even sliding also. I've noticed that he doesn't slide. He just kind of dives forward, and it's good that he's an athlete and he's willing to take those hits and make these runs, but can't be doing yeah. that. This is really what it comes down to. Robert Trader says, I want to know how we were this unprepared. Was it because the coaching staff doesn't know how to attack a 3-3-5? Look, I'm not going to give them the out of saying it was on the scheme. I don't know what scheme this performance would have worked against. Missouri's offensive line got whipped, but the preparation is the bigger thing to me. Gerard, they called a timeout after back-to-back TV timeouts. They had to delay a game on a punt. They had a face mask that extended a drive. This was a poorly coached, and poorly prepared football game team today. That does not mean Drinkwitz is an idiot and is a bad coach. He was a bad coach today. I think it's more so today. Today it looked like they had 
they didn't have enough joys. They didn't have enough Jimmys. They had a, a lot of Joes or whatever it is. They just had a, a lot of Jags, just the guys it seemed like out there today. And when you think about it, um, how you kind of mentioned of the timeouts and stuff like that, when they came out of the delay, first play, QB draw for seven yards on third and 13. Next play, punt return for a touchdown. It's just things like that just added up and added up. So you said something about the Jimmys and the Joes, and we had this conversation during the game. And my reaction to that is, Whose fault is that? It's year three. He brought in 25 guys in the transfer portal in two years. Heck, he brought in a dude in the transfer portal a week and a half ago who was dressed in on the sidelines today. This, if they don't have enough talent to compete with the team that was picked fifth in the Big 12, then Rivals was desperately wrong on his recruiting rankings and Eli Drinkwitz was desperately off on his evaluations. I, I mean, I, I will. I can't buy that. They are. They're not there talent-wise, but they're not forty to six to Kansas State talent-wise. That's that's fair, right? Yeah. I mean, I think if they play this thing, this game again, I don't know if it's it's this bad. I don't mean when I say there is. When I say it's Jags, I just feel like today in this particular game, I think they play somebody else, or it's a different day. You know, they they have a different outcome. They could play better and stuff like that. But today, it just looked like. At every level, every position, even including coaches, that they were just outmatched. It felt like. Yeah. Um, a Rich wants to know: Did we make a mistake in passing on Blake Anderson? Look, I want to be clear about two things. I'm going to be very harsh in judging Eli Drinkwitz today, and I'm not going to fire him today. It's and I'm not going to fire him at the end of this season. They go two and ten, and they should bring Eli Drinkwitz back next year. And next year going to be real big if there's very much more of today. There's no question. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, I bet K-State, uh, P. Richard says, I bet K-State has a better post-game show than MU does. They were better at everything. So uh, we're, we're going to do our best, but I don't know. Maybe there's a K-State post-game show out there. Uh, Colby Schneider says, does Marcus Johnson's seat get hot soon? The O-line looks terrible. I mean, Larry Borum was an NFL tackle and he came here as a two-star. Javon Foster is probably going to be an NFL tackle, and he came here as a two-star. That is where it's the Jimmys and the Joes to me, Gerard. We were at Logan Reichert's commitment on Thursday night, right? He's a four-star top 100 player. I'm going to guess he is the first four-star top 100 player Missouri has gotten since Evan Bain. I may be on the offensive line. I may be wrong on that. There may be somebody in between. My point is... In the SEC, you better have one of those guys every year. Logan Riker can't be the only one. You got to get Logan Riker again next year, and then you got to get him the year after that. And then you probably got to get two of them the year after that. I don't think Marcus Johnson's a bad offensive line coach, but I don't think he. I mean, look, how many times did we say coming into this game, I'm scared to death of Missouri's offensive line against Kansas State's defensive front, and people didn't want to hear it, but that was the game right there. That that was the entire game right there. Marcus Johnson can only he can only do what they what he has. I mean, you're right, Jimmy's and Joe's, and and I will say it's a little bit concerning when your best tackle. It still seemed like he was he was he wasn't having any type of way. Like it didn't look like he had any good really good reps consecutively. Um, I am just now seeing things that are saying that our audio is really audio bad. Is I. Um, 
I, I apologize, guys. I, I don't know. I, everything's plugged in. It, it appears to be working. Um, you want me to try to uh, take out a head jack real quick and, and close the door and see if we can get a better, better yeah, sound uh, I don't. I apologize, guys. I'm just getting to these uh, these comments. I, I, I'm i not sure. Um, I'll, I'll, try, I'll to try to take, take my, my microphone, microphone out. It may have to do with the press, press box. box. This, this is exactly, exactly the same, the same setup. setup. That we, we have, have been using all year. Hang on. Is that better? Okay. Is that better? I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll guys, see. comment. Tell me, Tell if, me the if the audio is any better, any better this, this way. way. It's fine. It's fine. Oh. oh. Okay, so okay, the so problem, problem was when Brad Tanago was, was talking in the background. Yeah. Um, so, so apparently, apparently I did not, not need to disconnect, disconnect everything. everything. So, so we're, we're going, going to try to, try to reconnect everything. everything. And, and, and guys, guys understand, understand, I'm seeing your comments really delayed. Your odd put your headphones back in. We're doing this on the fly. I apologize, guys. I guess maybe we are losing to the K-State. We're losing to the K-State show, too. Day right now, I can't. I still can't hear. You so I. Okay, I'm okay, going I'm back going to my back computer. No, no, no. I can, I can hear now. We're good. Now there's now an echo. I'd ask to put his headphones back in. Back in. Guys, we're trying to do this on the fly. When everybody keeps commenting, comment. something's messed up. I see it late, and I apologize. We're trying to catch up. Hopefully, now there's not going to be any audio problems. We're going to kind of finish this up. Anyway. All right, so Missouri didn't belong on the same field as Kansas State today. 100% accurate, um, and yes, it's a huge problem. In year three, it is a huge problem. No question about it, right? It, yeah, I mean, this is the game. Somebody said this would determine their season and all that, and at first it was just like, that's, that's intense. And it still is to a degree, but when you lose like this, you start thinking like, well... Now this game versus Auburn looks a little bit more questionable um, than you, Georgia, Florida. You start. You even said, I don't know, they may be able to beat Vanderbilt. Like, we're getting down that territory. 
yeah. I mean, today's effort, I don't know if today's effort beats Vanderbilt. No, again, they're probably not going to play this way every time, every game. If they do, it's a, a huge problem. But, like, this has to be their worst game of the season. They can't play this way again. If they play this way again, I don't know what the answer is. I say a benefit is they likely will not be seeing a 3-3-5 defense that much going forward. So at least they have that. They can kind of scheme for, um, it seems like most people are playing 4-2-5. So, I mean, at least they have that. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't expect to see it this bad. But, again, next week, don't don't say next week everything looks fine. It doesn't matter. They can beat Abilene Christian 212 to negative 7. And I refuse to give them any flowers for that. Um, Auburn, I won't. I mean, to get where you want them to get preseason, it has to be a win. But I honestly will take being a game in the fourth quarter. Have a chance. At least it's progress, right? It is progress. I mean, it, it's not great, but it's something. It's progressing towards six and six with needing a different swing game because. Did, when we were going and making predictions about six and six, seven and five, Kansas State or Auburn, one of those wins. So I, if that's the case, and you lose Auburn, six and six to me is starting to become more like, you know, the ceiling, more so than the floor. Yeah. Okay. So I want to go through this by by S sheets. Wide receiver is good. Wide receiver position good enough? Do we know that? We don't know that. That's partially on Brady Cook and the quarterback play because we don't know what they knew. But I also did not see wide receivers making ton of separation. I didn't. Uh, there was drop passes. I mean, we we really don't know. And Louis playing Louisiana Tech doesn't show much, so we don't know about that one. Okay, Nate Pete is good enough. I I want to be on record. I think Nate Pete should be Missouri's starting running back. I think he's their best running back. He had 13 carries for 10 yards. Today. His rush for minus 15 yards. No, no, no. But his rush for minus 15 yards, you've been in, in the game with four seasons. Can't be doing that. Uh, now, part of that is because, again, offensive line, there was nowhere to run. There was nowhere to go. There's no hole. There's nothing that can help him get anywhere. So I can see why he's he kind of panics and does that. But uh, he is he is the best running back, though. Yeah. Um Need better QB play. Absolutely agree. Need better QB play. I don't think it's the only problem, but it's a problem. I think the OL can get better. I mean, it can't get much worse in a way. Is that where we at then? Because that's yeah. the only thing for this to get better. And it doesn't hurt. I mean, help when Xavier Delgado goes down. So your starter, LF guard, is down. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there are answers on the roster. They have to hit the portal and no. hit it hard in the offseason. No question. Um, all right, Eric says, and what are your thoughts on Drink calling his own plays and not hiring an offensive coordinator? I've said this before, I'm going to say it. If Eli Drinkwitz does not do a good enough job calling the plays and being the offensive coordinator on this team, then they should not have hired him. That's why he was hired, because he's a good offensive coach and a play caller and all that. If, he can't, if you have to replace him doing that part of the job, then you hired the wrong coach. I've never really been a fan of managing coaches, CEO coaches, basically, where they just tell, like, you've got to be good at one one side of the ball. you got to be doing something. you just standing there telling people kind of, you know, was it micromanaging? That's not going to get it done. Yeah, 
Agree. Um, the the 15-yard loss on the run summed it up. I agree. Um, that was kind of the play um, that, that I thought that was fitting. Uh, maybe a little bit more fitting was the uh, was the quarterback draw on third and 13 and then the 76-yard punt return. I felt like that crystallized the whole day. Um, I don't know, man. Just uh, the theme of the day was clearly they had been told to say one loss won't define our season, how we respond to it. Well, I, I literally think we heard that 10 times. We talked to Toski Dove and Chad Daly after the game. We might throw a few quotes in stories, but I'll be honest, guys, there wasn't a lot said. I don't know what you say after this game. Uh, just kind of closing thoughts, though. I mean, where does this team go from here? Because, again, they got they got 14 days to get it right. Where do they go from here? They need to look what's right in front of them. You can't afford to overlook or do any of that. You need to take it day by day, practice by practice, game by game. And now I'm, I'm not going to – for me, it doesn't mean much for them. But for me, I'm going to be grading harder next week. So you say you don't care if they win 212 to minus 7. If it's 59 to 14, why is there 14 points? Like, well, La Tech, the two, you know, the two touchdown passes and things like that, like – you really got to clean it up because conference play is right around the corner. Okay, so let's wrap it up with this. Let's end at the end. DK1979 says, uh, or no, I'm sorry, it was Matt Anderson says, what are your thoughts on the timeout at the end of the game? Gerard and I talked about this while it was going on. We had differing opinions. So Gerard, I'll let you go first. You haven't been inside maybe the 20 all day. I mean, you're going to get booed regardless because you're Missouri. You're going to get booed regardless. You're not going to get a chance. You need to have something on film, something. And if they're going to give you a PR or whatever it was to end the game, you got an extra one and you get the timeout or whatever, I mean, go for it. I mean, what do you have to lose? And also, I think they were saying something in press box like Kansas State, they win 40-6. to six. That means they haven't given a, touch, a touchdown up all season. I mean, take that. I mean, you literally have nothing else to be like, this is great. So, I mean, I, I get why he did it. I didn't like it. I wish they wouldn't have done it. They had three plays to punch it in from the three, and they couldn't do it. Just go back home. Um, I get why he did it. He's trying to show, give his team something to feel good about. After the pass on fourth down that resulted in another untimed down, you've now had four plays from the three-yard line, and you still couldn't get in. I would like to see the quarterback just take a knee. I know he's not going to do it when his coach calls a play. I get it. Um, a couple people posted on our board, the handshake looked a little bit frosty. Hey, I, I probably would have blown by if I was Chris Kleiman too, because I, again, I get why Drinkwitz did it. I just, I, I wish he wouldn't have done it. Um, I, I wish they would have just kind of gone on and, and taken the 40 to six loss and moved on, but it's not the story of the game. It's not that big a deal. I'm not going to throw a fit about it. I'm going to say enough mean things in my post-game column. I don't think I need to go in on that one. So, uh, so yeah, um, that's where we're at. And um, Gerard is going to get to writing, and I'm going to get to writing. Appreciate you guys being with us. Appreciate you sticking with us through what were audio problems and then not audio problems, and I created audio problems. But, um, look, that sums up today. This is the first, uh, first football game I've covered in this glorious state of Kansas in 11 years. It was cold, it rained, there was a rate, uh, lightning delay, there was a blowout, and then apparently K-State had a better post-game show than us, so. I mean, like, we're like 0 for 12, 0 for 12 today. Yeah. <laughs>
it, it was a rough day if you are any way associated with Missouri football. So I just on the way out, kind of want to remind you guys of a few things. First of all, if you're here, like the, the channel, subscribe to the channel, all that. If you're listening on the podcast, um, you know, hopefully you stuck with us through the other post-game radio show going on in the room where Gerard was, uh, you know, and, and uh, give us a good rating on the podcast, all that. The, the post-game show is always a little bit of an adventure. We're always doing it somewhere. But most importantly, support our sponsors. That for this show every week this year is 573Ts and 573Ts.com. They can do single orders. They can do bulk orders. They can do medium orders. Basically, any number of shirts you need, they can print it. Uh, they've got very good products, competitive prices. They've made some stuff for us over the years and uh, and have always been very good to work with, done everything we've asked, and uh, and we'll do everything you ask to. Great customer service there, 573-T-E-E-S.com. Go there and, um, hey, like Brady Cook, like Eli Drinkwitz, like everybody associated with Missouri, try better next time. Thanks for watching. We will be better next